This is the GGC Life Podcast. We honour you, King Jesus. It's all about you. It's all for you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. And um, next week we are going to have a baptism, water baptism. So if you've got anyone, know anyone, a friend that's given their life to Jesus and wants, needs to be baptised, and you know they've been born again, but they need to be baptised in water, they want to be discipled, let us know so we can organise them to be baptised. Um, we do have a few that want to be baptised already, and um, that'll be next week on the 17th. And um, if you know anybody in the Western area, Blacktown, friends, family, start letting them know, give them a call, say, hey, GGC is going to be planting there. So, um, you know, I've got a word that is strong on my heart, it's... I really want to deliver it well because I think it's important for every single one of us. Every time you share the Word of God, you feel like it's the most important message you'll ever preach. Um, and that's true of the Word of God, isn't it? Because it's the Word of God. And so I want to talk about, because of we're talking about discipleship, we're talking about Jesus' command to every one of us, go into the whole world and make disciples of every believer, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, make disciples the word disciple is, in the Greek, literally means to be a pupil. A pupil is a student. It's a learner, isn't it? A learner. But I want, to, I want to talk about what that looks like in the area of submitting to healthy authority. I want to talk about submitting to healthy, godly authority. What, is, what does healthy, godly authority look like? Because we've got our own picture of what authority looks like. And we've got our own image inside of us, what we think authority looks like. Especially if we've either grew up with no authority, no, no healthy authority, or we grew up under abusive authority, even in the home, like in parents, and even in another church, if you've been hurt, if you've been abused, if the model of authority, godly authority, was um, not biblical, and I'll explain what I believe biblical authority looks like, healthy authority looks like. If you've grown up in a place where you've been hurt, abused, disappointed, you had dreams and they were squashed or you had dreams and they, they just put ceilings on you, they put limitations on you, I don't know, just, and you feel hurt, you feel abused, you feel, and I, it'll make more sense when we talk about what ungodly authority is and what real authority is, what godly authority is. What, what, what does it look like? When I think about the whole, I've been looking at all the words in the New Testament on submission, on obedience, on authority, on ruling and leading and elders ruling and all these things. And the kingdom of God is operated this way. It's based out of trust. We'll talk about that in a moment. And it's based out of love and care. And um, I wrote down here the key to getting free the key to getting free or being free from bad abusive authority is not getting away and being under no authority, but being under healthy godly authority. So when you've been abused and you've been hurt by ungodly authority, whatever shape or form that is, our first reaction is to rebel and go to the opposite side of that paradigm and go, that's it, I don't know authority because that, 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 helps, that hurt me. And I want no authority over me. I will be my own authority. I will take care of my own self even. Now, we all unconsciously 
revert to that. You'll be surprised how we unconsciously can revert to that instead of saying, God, you have actually healthy, godly authority. And when I think of godly authority, I think of God the Father. If you want to just quickly, well, what is the best healthy God authority? Well, all authority comes from the Father. So it's actually God the Father. So picture God as a father. And then you're already starting to image and picture what actually God, what godly authority looks like. The Father, everything He does to lead you, He does it for your benefit. And he, and he, but He leads you out of love, providence, care. He's in love with you. He's got a long-term plan for you, a long-term purpose. And, and it's all for your benefit because the Father is fatherless towards you. I mean, so selfless towards you. He's selfless because we know that God is love and love doesn't seek His own. So now we're getting a picture what, what godly, healthy authority can look like. It actually is the Father's love and authority over our lives. You know the story of Satan's rebellion against God. How did, this, how did we get into this mess? It all started with Lucifer thinking to himself, I could be like the most high God. I should exalt myself in the highest place. People should worship me. because he, a, 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 he was an, a beautiful angel with, with um, what do you call it, pipes in him. And he could worship God. He was, a, he was the leader of the worship. And when he exalted himself, pride, and what did he do? He rebelled against God's authority. He actually said, I don't want to sit under God's authority. The reason why he was cast down is because he was the first person that go, I don't want God's authority. And he convinced a third of the angels to come with him. So think of that great fall. Think of the long-term, eternal consequences of the first rebellion against healthy, godly authority. We're talking about authority that's beautiful, that's healthy, that's magnificent. It's actually beautiful to submit to his, to his authority. So it just goes to show that even angels, angels aren't make, made in God's image like we are made in God's image, but we know that they, in the light of God's glory, they had a free will and they could literally choose to say, I don't want that authority. And we know the great consequences, don't we? Picture Adam and Eve, another great rebellion. God made Adam and Eve in his image, in his likeness. These are sons and daughters of the Father, where his offspring, God breathed into Adam the breath of, God, breath of life, and he came a living being. So the image of God is in Adam and Eve together, and they make up the image of God. But they chose to disobey the Father. They chose to disobey the most loving person in the universe. The Father God would walk in the cool of the garden and says, you're free to eat all these beautiful gardens, uh, trees in the garden. There's so much trees you can eat from. It's just this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of it. In the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Boundaries, healthy boundaries. If the day that you eat of that tree of knowledge, you will die. God was telling the truth. But they had to at one point go, I don't trust you. I don't believe that's true. I think I know better. And they disobeyed God's authority. And by doing that, again, plunged all of humanity... Everyone that was born after Adam and Eve, born into spiritual death, plunged us into spiritual death and sin and all this yuckiness and all these problems for 6,000 years. We're in this mess because they chose to disobey God's authority over their life, not knowing that God's authority was a loving authority, a protective authority, a healthy authority. Like, I don't know what you think of authority. It's not, a, it's not an ugly word. It's not a taboo word. Like, you know, in Australia, because we've been... I don't know, maybe because of our roots, 
I've been told because we've thrown the convicts from England and we sent them here as punishment. But then the people that were in authority, from the clergy to people in, in authority of any sorts, authority over them, abused them big time. Physical abuse, sexual abuse, I mean, bad abuse. Even to the boys, we, we, we obviously, just, just really bad abuse. So that, so that, that is, now that, that those people would have re- got really anti-authority and rebellious. I want no authority. I don't want, I, 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 that, if that's what authority looks like, I want to get away from that. So it's almost in our foundation that needs to be broken, our wrong mindsets, because we, we actually have a, a mindset about how we see authority. We have a mindset. And God wants to break that from, being a, from this worldly mindset that we've got an image that's wrong. He wants to break it and give us a kingdom mindset of healthy, godly authority, which looks like a father. Looks like a father and a mother's authority over his children. So I want you to um, filter what you're hearing through the lenses of a, father, a loving father and mother raising a baby up into adulthood. Because the way you put boundaries on babies and the way you lovingly care. and See, a baby automatically submits to the authority of the parents. I mean, obviously, they're so vulnerable and so innocent and so uh, can't do anything for themselves. They have to. But if they, as they learn, you've got to teach them, don't touch that stove. It's hot. And they can choose to trust and obey. They won't get burnt. Or if they touch it anyway, they get burnt and they learn the hard way. But they've got to learn, they're under the authority of the mum and dad's care and authority and freedom. And again, it's when, when, when the mum and dad says, don't play in the road, it's not because we don't want you to have fun. We want you to have fun, but we don't want you to play on the road because there's cars coming. And you're too young and too small to notice a car coming while you're playing cricket. So the rules to don't play on the road is to, for your safety, for your protection. That's healthy authority. So, but we're talking about from baby stage, this is what it looks like in the kingdom, from baby stage all the way to adulthood, hood, I don't put those rules on my adult kids, those rules, would I? I would on my young two-year-old, but adult kids changes. That's what organic, healthy authority looks like. So you can, it's not one f- rule fits everybody. That's not going to be kingdom healthy authority. Because we're talking about family. We're talking about raising children. The whole language in the Bible is this. If, I just want to... Um, so the key to trusting a loving father is trust. Right? So if you've been hurt, abused, and, you, and trust has been eroded, and you've lost trust, it's, even when you see healthy authority, you can actually still not, not want it. Even when you see healthy authority in action, you still could feel like, this is wrong. <laughs> They're doing this. They're controlling. There's this. They're putting rules on people. No, like, because you're not used to healthy authority. Just remember this too. Judas saw the love of the Father in Jesus. All Jesus would do is walk in love. All he would do is heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers. He was manifestation of pure love. Yet Judas rebelled against him. That's scary. Why didn't he choose to submit to his authority? Go, whatever Jesus says, I'm going to trust, completely believe. At one point, Judas' pride came in. At one point, Judas had to think, I know better. Jesus needs to convince all the Pharisees. I'm going to rebel. I'm going to sell him with silver. They're rebelling. What do you got? Betray him, sorry. Maybe that way he will influence the Pharisees. Who knows what he was thinking? But even in healthy, godly authority in Jesus, Judas was there to betray him. Sad, but... This is what healthy looks, healthy looks like, that people are 
people are always going to be free to obey because you can't make people obey. You can't make people submit. So if the language is throughout the whole Bible. We're going to go through it. We're actually going to go through lots of scriptures. I hope you planned lunch at 2 o'clock today. But um, <laughs> Jokes, jokes. Um, uh, um, just quickly, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul the Apostle says this, For though you have 10,000 teachers in Christ, so imagine Paul saying, even in those days, you've got a lot of people that will teach. They teach... In other words, they'll do it because they'll get something out of it. A teacher gets paid. He's a hireling. He gets paid for it. But he goes, but you, but you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I gave birth to you through the gospel. In Christ Jesus, I gave birth to you through the gospel. Wherefore, this is what he says after that. Therefore, I beseech you, I beg of you, be followers of me. Be followers of the attitude of being a father. Because God uses father-hearted people that are willing to lay down their life for their sons and daughters. That's the picture of authority. That's the picture of leadership. Okay, you following so far? 10,000 teachers, they're all there for their own benefit. You don't have many fathers. A father is willing to lay down his life for his children. One, two, thank you. Be followers of my... Paul's trying to say this spirit that I'm under, the way I lead you, be followers of me. Yeah, this is the reason why I sent Timothy, who's my son. Yeah. And he'll show you my ways. What's he saying? Timothy is my son, family language. He, I gave birth to, you know, he, he led him to the Lord. Well, he actually didn't lead him to the Lord, excuse me. He already knew the Lord, but he became his son in the gospel. And he goes, I will send him so you can see my ways, Father Heart Leadership. All right. Just quickly, what godly authority looks like. There is a, number one, I won't go into these details, but I just want to show you there is some good, healthy guidelines. And I'm telling you now, we as an eldership team will make mistakes with this and get it wrong at times and maybe not communicate the way we should and, and be be, we can be better communicators. That's true of every human authority on the planet. Right? So number one is accountability. And obviously this changes as growth takes place. Baby to adulthood. Accountability should be there. When you become an adult, you've still got accountability in place. Because every single adult will be accountable to every word they give to the Father one day. And if even Jesus was accountable to the Father in everything he did. He has, everything I saw the Father do, that's what I do. Everything I see the Father say, that's what I would say. I came to do the works of my Father. And so, so he was completely surrendered to the Father in his accountability. Right? So you don't, you don't graduate accountability. It just changes. I've been walking with the Lord for 36 years. I'm still accountable to other leaders over, uh, over us. And we submit with the big decisions. We would check and speak to different people that have fruitfulness, effectiveness, and success in that area. I'm not going to go ask marriage help if someone is on their fourth marriage. And me and Christine go, can you please help us? I mean, you're on your fourth marriage. I'm not going to ask you how you, how you stay married. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying. Same with someone's been on their fifth bankruptcy. I'm not going to go, can you give me, teach me about finances? So I want to see effectiveness. I want to see fruitfulness. I want to see authority, that they've got something. That they, that there's results to what they're carrying with their wisdom. Anyway, that's accountability. Number two is defines responsibility. So defines responsibility. A healthy authority defines responsibility clearly and delegates authority clearly, defines responsibility. God the Father said, you can eat of all the tree of the knowledge, all the, all the garden, all the trees in the garden, but not this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's defining the boundaries, the, the responsibility that you have. This is the authority that I give you. In this, in this you are free. 
Eat of all the trees of the garden. Just don't touch that. That's defining it really clearly. There's a lot of freedom in that. And then number three, sets boundaries and consequences. The Lord set the clear boundaries and consequences to Adam and Eve by saying, if you do touch it, you will die. That's pretty clear. And they did. And, and the consequences were far and great and eternal if people don't repent and give their lives to Jesus. So it's, it's just a serious, don't you reckon? We're talking about authority and trusting authority that's over us that is healthy though. You have the freedom to disobey when the, the authority over you is trying to get you to do something clearly against God's word. Yeah. All right. Number four, we'll talk about that in a moment, gives freedom. Not that, uh, in other words, not that the playing field is clearly defined. He, he, now that the playing field is clearly defined, he defines, um, he gives great freedom within those set boundaries. So there is freedom in the boundaries, heaps of freedom. You'd be surprised how much freedom is in the will of God and in the kingdom of God. And number five is seeks counsel. So this is what godly authority looks As well as, it's coming off and on. Um, we'll get a new one. So seeks counsel. They realize they need God's counsel as well as man's counsel. Proverbs 20 verse 8 says, plans established by counsel. So you're always going to seek counsel. It's not like, I'm going to make this decision on my own. No, it's going to be, no. Wisdom is seeks counsel, desires it, wants to hear other people's point of view because you want to submit unto godly authority. And then um, number six, serves people. It's very important. What does godly authority look like? You serve people. People don't serve you. Kingdom authority is actually, you want to be, we'll talk about that. You want to be great. You serve people. Number eight, a healthy authority is wise, it's just and equitable towards its people. There's justice from God's throne. So if you're going to have a godly authority, it's going to be helping people. Justice, equitable. It's, it's, it's beneficial for others. All right, Matthew 28, verse 8. We're going to go fast. Is that all right? Who's going to give me 10 minutes? 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. It's my, my standard dad joke. Um, Matthew 28 verse 18 just have a look at this Jesus says all authority under heaven and earth is given to me therefore go into all the world and preach the gospel so, all, so if, God, if Jesus has all authority the, the, Jesus stripped Satan of all his authority against humanity he took all the authority and there is a time by the way the Bible says when the, the greatest enemy is death and one day death will be put under the feet of Jesus and even Jesus with all the authority and all the rule and all the dominion that he has will bring it one day to the Father. It's interesting. He submits everything to God the Father right at the end when it's all over. But, if, if, but Jesus has all authority. Then the one who has all authority actually says, My sheep hear my voice. But so I think, yeah, Jesus has all authority. But then, he, then he says, My sheep will hear my voice. But then the same word from the Word of God also says, obey my leaders, obey my elders. So do we go direct and only listen to Jesus? Or in Jesus saying, my sheep hear my voice, he's actually saying that I've put people in authority, so listen and receive and be guided and submit to the authority. In that you'll hear the voice of God. Does that make sense? Because it's godly authority. So, um, in Proverbs 29, verse 2, it says, When the righteous are in authority, 
the people rejoice. But when wicked bear rule, the people mourn, get hurt, get abused. And then because they get so hurt, they want to run away from authority. And they want to rebel to no authority. But when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Why? Because when someone's righteous leading in authority, it's not, they're not doing it for themselves, they're doing it for the people. And we'll talk about that. All right. So Hebrews chapter 13. Now, what are we doing with all these scriptures? We're going to go through lots of different scriptures from elders ruling. How do they rule? With the authority delegated to them. With the revelation knowledge that they have. The Bible gives an elder, for example, a, a definition of oversight. They should oversee. To me, they should be able to oversee, see more than the people they're leading. Because you can't lead by blindness. You've got to lead by revelation. You've got to lead by, we see this in God. So, so if I'm going to lead you and the people somewhere, I've got to be able to know how to get there. I, I've, if I can lead you in maturity, I've got to be mature to lead you there. Because I see that. If I'm going to lead you in prayerness, prayerfulness, I have to be a prayerful person. If I'm going to lead you in holiness, I have to be a holy person. If I'm going to lead you in submission to authority, I have to know how to submit to authority. If I don't know how to submit to authority, then I can't. People will, will actually won't submit to our authority. All right. So listen to this. Uh, Hebrews 7, Hebrews 13, verse 7 and 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. So certain people have rule over you. This is levels of authority. All right. And submit yourselves for they watch for your souls and they, as they must give an account that they may do it with joy so that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So when people have an attitude, because you, you can only give it. We as leaders can't demand it. Peter says you can't lord over the flock. We can't demand it, because that's, that's operating under the spirit of the Gentiles in the world. But in the kingdom, you can't do that. right? So, but when someone is willing to submit because they trust not talking about blindness. You have to have trust. Submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they must give account before God that they may do it with joy and not with grief. But obey them that have the rule. That literally means rule of authority over you. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. Let the elders that rule well, so that means they're ruling. How are they ruling? They have to have authority. They're making decisions and see, submitting to someone's authority when they make decisions that are over you, sometimes you don't agree with it. Sometimes you don't get it. Sometimes you don't understand why. Like a three-year-old won't understand, why can't I play cricket? I just want to play. I just want to play. I want to play soccer. I love it. It's so much fun. You can't play on the road. They might not understand that knowledge right now, but they've got to trust their father and their mother. And that's why discipline is important, because a little kid can't understand it, but you have to have... Certain, the right discipline for that disobedience, for protection. Are you following so far? Um, rule means to stand before in rank, be over to rule, to stand before in rank. It's the same word between husband and wife. Wives submit to your husband. The husband is standing before in rank. In, when I say it's in rank, it's like I stand and I lead from the front. But I lead by example. Completely different. See, a lot of Wives have a problem with this, or women have a problem with this, because you're seeing it through the lenses of the world. Instead of seeing, as Christ le leads the church, so also should wives submit to their own husbands as unto the Lord. 
But how did Christ lead the church? By giving himself up for the church. That's love. Sacrificed himself for the church. Which person would not be willing to submit to someone who completely loves them and puts them first? And sacrifices himself. And leads by example in everything he leads. And then we should do that as unto the Lord. And it says in um, Colossians, the same scripture, when we're reading about that. Where are we? Colossians says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. That's an interesting one. As is fitting in the Lord. So if the husband's trying to get you to do something that's not fitting in the Lord, you have a right to disobey. Because you, you, you first give your authority to God. But there's so many things that even an unsaved husband that you can submit to. The Bible actually says, do you know the Bible actually says, Wives, Submit to your husbands because by your conduct and your behavior and the way you live, you might save their husband. Wow. How do we do that in the Western culture these days? Like they're not even saved and there's an element of you can submit to them. But if they ask you to do something that goes against God's word, then you have a right to disobey. Please hear what I've heard. We've, we've passed it for a number of years, so we understand some of the issues that we go, go through. And I remember one person says, well, my husband is unsaved and everything, and now we're going to smoke dope. And they asked me, do you want to smoke with us? And I, I, I wanted to submit to him because they, no, you have a right to disobey. They try to use that scripture. The Bible says submit to your husband. No, not in that area. <laughs> Same with, um, you know, husbands may be asking you to cheat on your taxes and all that. No, I might, you want to cheat on taxes, it's your choice, but I, I won't. I won't lie. You have a right to disobey your husband in that area. That is exactly the same truth with the government. Do you know the Bible says in Romans 13, just quickly, this is your Bible, how we understand godly authority. Romans 13 says, Every person to be, uh, is to be subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority has opposed the ordinances of God. You know who was in authority in those days when, when, when Paul wrote that to the Romans? Caesar, who was killing Christians. Peter said the same thing as well. And he pretty much said, um, let me read it to you. Peter says in the first Peter, where are you? First Peter chapter 2, verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it to be to the king as supreme or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that we, will, that we do, sorry, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Now he's telling us to submit to an ungodly regime. Caesar was killing Christians. Just submit to those that are in authority, even to the king, even to him who's in supreme. Now, he's referring to everything you can submit to the government, submit to the government, unless they come against the word of God. If the government, because the government has changed in, in different countries around the world, there's certain government, governments that allow, uh, it's not against the law to commit, to commit adultery. You don't get thrown in jail by committing adultery. Does that mean, ah, oh, we can submit to the government and obey it? Because there may be no punishment. No, we still obey God. And then there's some governments, there's homosexuality is uh, not against the law. 
The government says, the Bible says I should submit to the government. What about if the government said, I mean, I mean abortion is clear, but there's a lot of places in the world where abortion is not legal. Uh, illegal, sorry. Not illegal. Does that mean, oh, the government says it's not illegal, that means I can do it. No, the Bible's clear against it. So we obey the word, but the, the government, there's a lot of things in the government that we can obey and it doesn't go against the word of God. True? Like, and, and that's where it talks about evildoers. Like if you steal and you get caught, you get from your friend in jail. If you kill someone, you're going to go to jail. If you do something bad, if the government made up in their mind and go, okay, for one day everyone can just steal. Everyone's free to steal. doesn't mean it's right for you as a believer. Does that make sense? If the government went as far as saying you can't preach the gospel or else we'll put you in jail, that means we have to disobey the government and preach the gospel. And if you get put in jail or get fined or get bashed or get punished, you do it with joy and rejoice and praise God that you suffered shame for his name. And not, not even complain and, and dishonor the government by, oh, I can't believe the government would do this. And they lost people in darkness. You do it with joy. How do we rightfully disobey the government if the government's going to tell us to do stuff that's against the word? I can, do, I can obey the government every area until they are contrary to the word. It's almost like I'll obey the government everything. If the government says we should pay taxes, I pay taxes. The Bible says that. Pay taxes. You following? Trying to help us understand how to submit. And what about when the authority isn't exactly healthy? Um, remember I was talking about baby stage all the way up to adult stage but even in adult stage you still need to be in accountability still need to be in relationship it just looks different you still submit but you, you, you would submit the bigger bigger decisions like when I was first learning these things and as a baby Christian God was teaching me because my dad I didn't have a good relationship with my dad it wasn't modelled well for me so I remember, I remember the Lord said to me, ask your pastor if it's okay to go to Melbourne because I want to go to Melbourne for two weeks and pray and fast and spend time with the Lord. He said, but don't just go. Just ask if it's okay to go. What? I was so, it's so foreign. Ask my pastor. I'm thinking, what happens if he says no? The Lord said to me, if, if he says no, don't go anyway. Like you've got to be willing to submit. If you ask him, be willing to submit. Learn to trust. It was hard. Because I didn't have a good picture of a, a, a good dad, a good father. Remember, godly authority is father. So I remember asking him, I said, oh, listen, I wanted to ask you something. I was wanting to go to Melbourne for two weeks at this date. It was like about a month into the future. Is that okay? And he goes, oh, thanks for asking. He goes, so many people just go and take off and then they don't see him for a month. And they go, oh, by the way, we're at so-and-so and we'll be back after a month. And like, I'm on leadership level. It's all, remember, stages, baby. To adulthood, I'm at leadership level, responsibilities, and and remember, he said to me, oh, "Can you actually that week, please? Can you can you not go that week and go this week? Yeah, sure, I can do that. Because this week we've got some ministers coming in from America. We'd love for you to be around. Okay, I was shocked that he wanted me around for the ministers to help, just to help be a part of the team, um, of the church. And the more I did that, I can't explain. So I was doing it genuinely from God. I wasn't doing if I was if I was doing that to get a position. It wouldn't work. But the more I did it out of, Lord, I'm learning to submit. I'm learning to trust my people that are over me. The more he gave me authority. The more he trusted me and actually gave me more positions and more authority and more things to do in the church. 
so, so one time I got opportunity to preach on radio. Now I'm 20 years old. I just got saved at 19. I can preach on a secular station every single week for half an hour. And the Lord said, ask your pastor. What? Thinking, what happens if he says no? Because it was so much in me. I was going to do it anyway. I wanted, I wanted to do it anyway. The Lord said, no, ask. And if he says no, then you don't do it. Learn to submit it. But Lord, this is opportunity. So excited about it. Like, wow. And I remember asking him, dreading to ask him, because I'm thinking he's a bit of a, um, in my picture, remember, my, my image was not a very encouraging father that blows wind and go for it and you're a champion, you can do anything. I didn't grow up under that. I'm talking about the kingdom now. I've only been a Christian for a year or two. And the Lord said, speak to him. And I explained the situation. And he was like, yes, that's amazing. Go for it. Actually, I'll give you $400. Here's $400 to help pay for the radio's uh, time. It's like he was way for it. Now, I did that in a lot of areas, not just with my pastor. I did that with my mum and dad when they weren't asking for it. I remember asking my dad about Christine. I like this girl in Melbourne. Dad is Italian, you know, old school Italian. And, and, and I said, Dad, I, I like this girl in, Christine, uh, in Melbourne. I want to go visit her. What do you think? In Italian, he goes, what, t- what are you asking me for? It's like, I'm, I'm 19. I've never asked him in my life for those sort of things. But I'm learning authority. And he's, he's, he's sort of, he just brushed it off. Yeah, what are you asking me for? Of course you can. Like, if you like her, go. But I was learning something. With my mom, I did that with my mom, I did that with my dad. God was teaching me something. Um, the Bible says, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I like this one. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the older, to the older person. Yeah, all of you be subject one to another, be clothed with humility. All of you be subject to one another. Something powerful about being subject, the Bible says, submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. So if someone, doesn't matter how old they are, if someone brings truth to me, I'm going to submit to that. doesn't matter if it comes to someone that has just been saved a year. It's not, it's not about that. It's about the fear of the Lord. And if they brought an angle of truth that I didn't look at, I'll go, yes, that's great. Let's do that. Submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. When Jesus was... <sighs> Let me show you something where it says Jesus, Jesus' authority was questioned. Remember when the Pharisees, it's found in Luke chapter 20, verse 1 to 8. Luke chapter 20, right? Verse 1 to 8. His authority was questioned. Excuse me. And uh, they basically said to him, the baptism of John, they're trying to trick him. Baptism of John. Was it from heaven or from man? Was John's authority from God, from heaven, or was it from man? And Jesus says, let me ask you a question. He didn't answer. You know why Jesus didn't answer? Because Jesus knew where they stood on John. Jesus already knew you don't even believe John was from God, that he had authority from God. You didn't submit to his authority. So if I say to you right now, Jesus is thinking this wisdom. If I say to you, yeah, I'm from God. Well, if you didn't believe John, you're not going to believe me now. It's not going to change your position. So he asked them a question. And he said to them, he threw the question to them. 
is, um, sorry, let me read it. Right? He says, tell us, by what authority are you doing these things? They asked him the question, sorry. They asked him, what authority are you doing this? They're trying to question Jesus' authority. What, where do you get this authority from? Is it really from God? Or is it really from man? Where is it from? Come on, come on. He goes, let me ask you a question. Was John the Baptist from heaven? Authority from God? Or was it from man? And they, they start a reason to themselves. Oh no, what are we going to say? What are we going to say? If we say from heaven, Jesus is going to clearly say, then why didn't you believe him? If you didn't believe John, you're not going to believe me. He's going to question them. Why didn't you believe John? He was from heaven. And an authority from God. And then um, they said, but yeah, but then if we say uh, from man, which they really wanted to, everyone believed John was from heaven and authority from God. They all submitted to his anointing and authority and got baptized. And so if, she, if, if they said from man, they said the people would stone him. So they went back to Jesus and said, we actually don't know where, we can't answer it, we don't know where from. They didn't want to answer the question. So Jesus simply says, neither will I answer you the question where I'm from. Because if he answered it, they wouldn't have believed him. But he, put, he shined the light on them. You don't even believe that John was from heaven when he was. So you're not going to believe me that I'm from heaven, Jesus speaking, when he was. Think about that for a moment. That you could have someone sent from God, be, be born through a virgin birth, supernatural, miracle, be the son of the living God, have all authority, and then the Pharisees didn't accept his authority. That's a bit scary. Don't you reckon? And then Jesus, when he was correcting their theology of leadership. Let me find it. I'm going to bring it to a close. But So many scriptures. I'm trying to find it now. All right. Oh, that's right. It's here. Luke 20. No, no, we read that. It's basically, I'll, I'll tell you, it's basically the, when they were trying to the Gentiles, he goes, you know the Gentiles that want to be great? The leaders that want to be great in the world, the, 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 they are the benefactors. So if you want to be a great leader in the world, you benefit, you, I get benefit from you. But it's not so among you. If you want to be the greatest, you have to be a servant of all. He's trying to change their image of what it is to be someone in authority. In the world, when you're in great, when you got great authority, everyone ministers to you. Everyone serves your need, and you become the benefactor. You become the one that's blessed. And, but not so in my kingdom. If you want to be great, you humble yourself and you become a servant. We as elders, you're not here for us. We as elders are here for you. The children don't lay out for the parents. The parents lay out for the children. So we're the ones should be sacrificing, paying a price. To empower you, equip you, train you, not the other way around. So even in the church, if the leaders get everything, all the perks and you bless us and you, everything's about us, we've got it the other way around. It, 
So when you do get, for example, when you serve, you're not serving us. You're serving Jesus. You're serving Jesus and His purpose and His kingdom and His people. But you're not serving us. We're serving Jesus too. We're serving Him and His people as well. We're in a different function, different position, but you're not serving us. We are serving you. And if you really want to be the greatest, Jesus says, be a servant of all. And He demonstrated it in Philippians 2. We've got to close with this. He demonstrated it when He came from heaven. The highest authority possible. God becoming a man. It actually says, but first says in chapter 2, verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another more important than others. This is the kingdom. Remember the submitting yourself to one another? When I regard others more important than me, that's pretty powerful. Do not merely look at your own interests, but also at the interests of others. This is the mindset of Jesus. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although He did exist in the form of God, He did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. It actually says He didn't, think about it, even though He existed in the form of God, when He came to become a man, He didn't try to grasp Him being God. Come and serve me, I'm God. That's not what it looked like. But it says He emptied Himself. That literally means He emptied Himself of the privilege of being God and all the authority that comes with that. Taking the form of a bondservant. This is your Jesus, your Creator, your God in the flesh. He became a bondservant. That means a slave, a love slave. And made in the likeness of men, that's Jesus, being found in appearance as a man, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient is completely surrendered to the Father, came obedient even to the point of death and led Him to death, dying on the cross, even the death on the cross. And it says, For this reason also God exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and those who are in heaven and those who are on earth and those who are under the earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. He humbled Himself as low as you possibly can through servanthood being a slave but he did it out of surrender to the father's word and authority so so that God actually highly exalted him far above all it's the same principle we operate under if you want to have authority over you've got to humble yourself and become a servant Jesus exampled it for us it's not the way the world operates it's the way the kingdom operates you truly let go of it. I don't need a position. I don't need to serve. I don't need to, I don't need to minister. Someone said, if, I, if you need to minister, then your ministry is not needed. If you need to minister for yourself, for your identity, then your ministry is not needed. Dying to that. What does godly healthy authority look like? It looks like a father and a mother. It really does. There's protection in that. You know, what would happen if, if none of us obeyed the government? Do you know what would happen? What do they call it? Anarchy. It's exactly what would happen. Whether you realize it or not, our sinful nature, you took away all the consequences of any government, the police, the court system, everything. Take it all away. We'd actually have anarchy. That's what's keeping us together. The Bible even says it. 
It'll go crazy. So the Bible says, submit to those in authority, even your governments, because they're ministers of God. Giving vengeance, like a sword. They don't hold the sword in vain. If someone disobeys, then they receive the vengeance of the ministers of God, the Bible says. I pray that we, as a church family, have that godly authority. But I say healthy, godly authority like fathers and mothers that actually want the best for their children. So then the children trust that we actually want the best. So you, this can't happen unless there's trust. That's how the kingdom operates. You see demonstrated love. They lay down their life. The leaders lay down their life. They're not here for themselves. They're here for, for me and so on in the church. And then, okay, but it's the benefit of the church. Listen to this. Let me close with this. This is important. Please hear this. Paul exercised this authority. You know how he did it? When someone slept with their father's wife, as a father, he had to discipline. So what does it look like? Oh, God, I'm sorry to help you. He says, it's okay, we love you anyway. It doesn't look like we love you anyway. He says, I judged before I was even there. He says, remove that person and deliver him to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. He disassociated him, disfellowshipped him and took him out of the church. So that his, his destruction of the flesh, so his spirit could be saved. That's exercising godly authority. He removed the guy from the church. And in the second Corinthians, he says, now receive him because he's, he's repented. So obviously the guy wasn't repented. Paul said, I brought judgment already. Remove him, take him out. Don't boast about his sin. Take him out. Out of the fellowship of the church. That's what delivering to Satan meant. That's pretty, it sounds harsh. But the guy's not repented. When he was repented, 2 Corinthians, receive him back and forgive him. I have forgiven him. That's a father. Powerful, isn't it? Let's pray. I'm going to pray for healing and a change and a mind shift in our hearts. And Father, I pray for every single one of us in this room, including myself, the images that I might have, the wrong images of the way I grew up. Um, Lord, and even, even the just having a wrong image of what a godly, healthy authority looks like. We want to see you first, the God of heavenly, beautiful Father who loves us, who became a man and died on the cross in our place so He could restore us back to the Father. And Lord, help us see what healthy authority looks like. Bring healing right now in our hearts. Bring healing, Lord. Shift our thoughts. Shift our mindsets. Shift our belief system. Oh, what a healthy godly authority looks like so we're not afraid of the word of submission we're not afraid of the word to submit or, or obey authority Lord we, we trust the authority you put over us and grow us in this Lord grow us healthy we pray protect us providence, care, provision in this we pray the safety in this in Jesus name Amen, Amen bless you guys for being so patient the Word of God is really important. This is what brings revival. This internal transformation to God's Word is where it brings revival. It brings it into the marketplace, into your family, into the world, everywhere you go. Amen. Stand to your feet, please. Yeah, we're just about to dismiss um, you, but before we do, John had a few words for healing and 
before we dismiss you, or some of you, I feel like it may be highlighted for you. So, yeah, John, if you want to share. and uh, Just so I was praying this morning. Um, firstly, for this section back here, if there was anyone that's um, struggling with asthma, maybe they were free from it. They've, you know, for 10 years and it's, it's come back um, in the last few months. Um, if there is anyone, I want to pray for you. And anyone in general with asthma or uh, breathing conditions, if you could come up, I feel like um, there's something on that. I'm going to pray for you. Um, also, if there's someone here that's visiting that's um, brought a brother or you have a brother named um, Michael and you may be in logistics or management, um, if that applies to you, I want to pray for you. But um, also in response to that word, um, if there's been things in the past with, with leadership, um, just even hurt in your heart that you're carrying, if there's something in this message that um, hit a chord in your heart, um, as a family, we want to pray with you, get together, because there's more for us as we as we move into the future in our in community, um, in standing with one another, in honoring one another. So please come forward. If if even if you're visiting from somewhere else, and if you if you've encountered hurt um, with one another or in your relationship to leadership. Uh, I believe that there's freedom and breakthrough as we as we minister to each other uh, before the Lord. Yeah, beautiful. I just yeah felt weightiness on the word that Dad brought and, and John reaffirms. Like if you have, um, if you know in and of yourself, like there's healing that needs to be done in the way of leadership and you know maybe previous abuse with physical or spiritual parents, come forward and. Just be loved on by the team and, and be ministered to in it, you know, by the Lord ultimately, but also by the father and mothers of this house. So um, please, if any of those words were from you or if you'd like healing, please come forward. The team are going to continue to minister and to worship. We have a prayer team. Otherwise, you are dismissed. Please go, be, be free, have lunch, enjoy fellowship, enjoy each other. Um, so you're free, to, you're free to move on. However, we are going to continue to minister. So if you need prayer, I want to encourage you. We're not going anywhere. We're welcoming you forward to come and and to be ministered, ministered to. Okay? Beautiful. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.